0: Long ago, in the heart of the forest, there stood a majestic oak tree. Its towering silhouette was seen from far beyond the clearing where it grew. Directly below, but out of sight, its sprawling root system stretched under the soil, gathering vital nutrients. This fed the tree's sturdy trunk and pushed it up through the forest, creating layers of leafy branches to soak in the life-giving rays of sunlight. Taller and stronger, year after year, the oak tree grew. Then one day, for no apparent reason, the very top of the tree began to perceive itself as special and different from the rest of the tree. Being the highest point, it reasoned it must be the most highly developed part of the tree. If it was the most highly developed part of the tree, it must also be the most intelligent. And if it was the most intelligent, surely the treetop was the most important thing in all the forest. Realizing just how special it was, the treetop decided it should no longer have to humble itself to the sun as the sun is just a rock in the sky. Rocks are not intelligent, not compared to a sophisticated treetop, so it turned away from the life-giving rays. Needing another form of nourishment, the clever treetop decided to feed on the lower parts of the tree. The branches below were not nearly as beautiful or highly evolved. The trunk was only a simple post and the roots did nothing but mindlessly crawl through the dirt. These lower forms owed their very existence to the highly developed treetop, and so it began to feast. Sadly, after eating through the support that held it up, the once mighty treetop crashed to the ground and withered at the foot of its trunk. In a vain attempt to defend a foolish belief, it literally self-destructed. It's hard to imagine nature acting so ridiculously. Nature is never arrogant However, this is a good story for me to consider when I find myself being ignorarrogant. If you've read any of the Words in Music series, you may be familiar with the term ignorarrogant. It's a word I use to describe behavior that is arrogant and ignorant at the same time. In my case, I'll be arrogant in thinking that I know exactly how everything should be in every situation. Acting out of this arrogance, I am simultaneously ignorant because deep down I know I have no idea how everything should be all the time. I would have to be omniscient in order to know all things all the time. The fact that I would even consider how anything should be in the first place proves that I am not omniscient. Since I know that I don't know, ignorant arrogance is when I behave like I do. I had a hard time paying attention in school. I wasn't focused on what was being taught, mainly because I had other problems with which I needed help. I didn't want to slice into that unlucky frog in science class, nor did I care to learn how to execute a flawless do-si-do in the square dancing portion of gym. I wanted answers to the other questions, what I called the big questions. My line of big questions went something like this. What am I? What is this place? What am I supposed to do here? I wasn't referring to school. I meant the big place. The whole world. Life. What's the purpose? These questions were completely absent from school, and I thought the church's response to them was more frightening than helpful. The whole world seemed like some bizarre dream from which I wanted to escape. Fortunately for me, binge drinking was perfect for that. Unfortunately, binge drinking did not answer or make the big questions go away. It just made my head hurt all the time. I wasn't really considering the big questions, I was just distracting myself from them by being self-abusive. I came to realize I wasn't alone. Not only are we all dealing with the same big questions, but we respond to them in similarly self-abusive ways. The poison varies from person to person, but the common element i found is that we are very hard on ourselves, both physically and psychologically. In turn, we extend this mistreatment to each other when we interact with one another. A major turning point came as I realized this behavior is not unique to adults. I was an elementary school teacher for many years and saw this same self-abuse in the children. That was heartbreaking. Who would tell children to be hard on themselves? Then it occurred to me that no one was forcing me to be self-abusive either. Like the children, I believed I deserved it. This led to obvious questions. Questions like, why would I believe that? And what would make anyone think they deserve this? The children made it clear. If I ever wanted to truly understand anything, I had to seriously reconsider the big questions. Ironically, after a lifetime of avoiding these questions, I found there had been free help available the whole time. Actually, priceless help is a better term. Some incredibly enlightened people have passed through the world asking the same big questions. They were here dealing with these questions long before I was. And what's really cool is these people have actually provided solutions, or at least paths to consider. For me, one of the more astounding explanations came in the form of a simple allegory or parable. These are sort of like Aesop's fables or the fractured fairy tales from the Bullwinkle cartoons. This one, however, made the hair stand up on my arms as I read it. You may know this one as it's famous in some circles. Nevertheless, this story has helped transform the way I deal with the big questions, and I thought I would share it in the Words and Music series as it's the inspiration for Roll Away the Stone. In book 7 of Plato's Republic is the allegory of the cave. My condensed version does not do justice to the original, but will hopefully convey the all-important symbolism. The setting is a dark cave with a long opening on one side. Inside the cave is a group of prisoners who have been chained there since childhood. They are fastened in such a way that they are prevented from turning around so they can only look straight ahead at the rear wall of the cave. Behind them, at the mouth of the cave is a road on which everyday commerce takes place. Behind the road is a burning fire whose light shines into the cave. Behind the fire is the sun, the ultimate source of light. As people on the road pass in front of the fire, their shadows are cast on the wall of the cave directly in front of the prisoners. The travelers' voices echo off of the wall, and to the prisoners, the voices seem to be coming from the shadows. Since this is the only world the prisoners have ever known, They believe that what they are seeing and hearing on the wall is genuine. They assume the talking shadows are real. One day, one of the prisoners is freed. He turns around and makes his way toward the entrance of the cave. At first, his eyes have trouble adjusting to the light as he slowly ascends the opening. However, once outside of the cave with eyes fully opened, he realizes that what he had believed to be the real world was merely an illusion it was a darkened reflection of the real world. Feeling sorry for the other prisoners in their ignorance, the now enlightened man goes back into the cave to free them from the illusion by sharing his revelation. As he goes back into the cave, his eyes have to adjust to the darkness in the world of shadows. He seems to make a fool of himself as he describes a world of light to the prisoners who know only darkness. Disbelieving what he is saying, the prisoners mock him and say that the trip outside of the cave has ruined his sight, and the ascent out of the cave would not be worth attempting. If he tried to free the prisoners and lead them up, the prisoners would surely kill him. That's a simple version of Plato's allegory of the cave. I can still remember the chill I got when I first read it, not missing the obvious parallel to this world and to my personal ignorant arrogance. I relate to the prisoners and their aversion to giving up their comfortable worldview in light of accepting new and unfamiliar ideas. Although the prisoner's life is not all that comfortable, they still defend it. Similarly, my life is not always all that comfortable, but I still defend it.